Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday! A punt is when a football kick to the other team is a football kick to the other team to give them the ball downfield rather than lose the football on downs. Hello and welcome to Little Marty, the only podcast that I'm aware of dedicated to Adam Sandler, Martin Scorsese, and bad intros. My name is Eric Halloween. And my name is Jeremy the Butcher. Knife, knife. Slice. 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 Yeah, I guess slice, slice would have been better than knife, knife. I just kind of said knife, knife. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know. Mm. It's an audio audio medium. You got to be specific here. Did you, you had said know, slice, slice, you, you know, did it could have been a... Uh, did, you, did you know, Eric, about this movie uh-huh. called Grudge Match? <laughs> no, what is it? <laughs> this is a 2013 American sports comedy film that stars Stallone and De Niro as aging boxers stepping into the ring for one last bout. It is directed by Peter Seagal, the uh, same director of The Longest Yard, starring... Oh. Uh, Kevin Hart is in this movie. Kim Basinger, Alan Arkin, John Barenthal, LL Cool J, even. What is this movie? I've never heard Let's of it. Let's talk this. about that one. Instead. Yeah, I, I've never. I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm blown away that there was a boxing comedy starring Stallone <laughs> and De Niro. Yeah. That are both of Rocky and Raging Bull fame. Yeah, I think we're, we might have to cover that at some point. This is kind of crazy. And it's like, it's like, I can't, it actually, like, box office made more money than the budget was, which is shocking, for a movie I've never heard of. Well, there's probably a reason for it. I'd imagine <laughs> I'd imagine it's not very I good. it's terrible, but, like, that's what's so crazy, is, like, do you remember, like, De Niro starred in a movie called, like, The Comedy or The Comedian or something that was, like, about him doing comedy? And it had like Leslie Mann as the love interest to, I believe, Robert De Niro. Forty-year difference there. Yeah, it's a 2016 comedy. Danny DeVito's uh-huh. in this movie. Harvey Keitel's in this movie. <laughs> Robert De Niro, the comedian. Yes. Oh wow! Wait, he plays a stand-up. He plays a stand-up comedian. Hmm. You know, we got to start like a bad movie, like a, a list of movies that look bad that we ha- We just have to force our listeners to watch. This is a movie that is probably so bad, no one's even cared to comment on how bad it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like how there's like yeah. bad movies that everyone wants to talk about, and then there's movies that just came and went. Gone. It's like probably the- good that no one remembers this one. Because yeah. why? I can't even imagine <laughs> why, why you would decide like his... His character in The King of Comedy is just so good. Like oh, he just yeah. kind of nailed it. Mm-hmm. It's like why would you even why would you even think about taking another role as a a comedian? No, it's film? true. It's that's absolutely true. Yeah, why yeah. It's 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 un- it's charted territory. 
Right. That's kind of why uh, more. Uh, that's why Johnny Depp hasn't worn a, a mustache in, in any roles since mm-hmm. Mordecai, because yep. he captured lightning in a bottle. That's in Mordecai. true. It's very and true. You just can't. You just can't redo it. You know that that movie made him scared to ever have a mustache again. <laughs> <laughs> it made me scared to try to have a mustache. But that's the same thing with Grudge Match. You know, why would you get? Why would you? You famous for the boxing movie of the century, Raging Bull, and mm-hmm. or Rocky. Mm-hmm. Ruin the legacy, or dare ruin it. Probably didn't ruin it because no one saw this movie, to be honest. But dare ruin it by by doing a comedy, making fun of yourself being a boxer. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Absolutely bonkers, Jeremy. I'm. You know what? I'm feeling. Uh, I'm feeling good today, my man. I'm mm-hmm. feeling real good. Mm-hmm. Want to know why? Why is that? Well, I've been drinking uh, this that Nas energy drink all day. I've had six of them. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> but also, I'm I'm excited because we are uh, we are embarking on a new journey. Uh, we're gonna be we're gonna be covering the works of uh, Joel and Ethan Cohen, otherwise yes. known as the Cohen Brothers. Yeah. We're starting with uh, we're going chronologically. We're starting with an episode on Blood Simple. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to be doing that over on the Patreon. This, Jeremy, this is the first time we've kind of like taken taken the uh, the recipe for the main show and applied it to the Patreon. And uh, we think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to release some 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 chunks of it uh, for on the free feed because I want people to check it out. Obviously, yeah. But uh, it's going to be a good time, my man. It's going to be a good time. And if if someone wanted to. Sign up for that Patreon and even check out some of our old Patreon episodes. What would they have to do? Who would they have to kill? They would have to kill... <laughs> I almost said themselves. Don't kill yourself. <laughs> That's bad. No. Go to patreon.com slash super... Uh, nope. Go to patreon.com slash Eric and Jeremy uh, where you'll find all of our bonus material. I like to call them the supplemental materials. You know, like the backs of of a Criterion box collection. I love that you explain it every time. And you know, it this uh, we got a lot of stuff going on there. We got episodes of Tales from the Crypt we've covered. We've covered the movie Mordecai. What more do you need as a pitch? Honestly. <laughs> Honestly. We covered some uh, Tales from the Crypt episodes and Mordecai. <laughs> it's a yes. perfect it is a perfect Patreon. I love it so much. I always like to say that's where we let our hair down and we really let our freak flag fly. Eric and uh-huh. me joining hands, taking down content one chug at a time. Uh, one just drinking <laughs> movies. Yes, drinking them down, <laughs> letting them sit. Eric, I would also like to... While we are covering, huh, right? While we are covering the films of Joel and, Ethan Co- Joel and Ethan Cohen, I also want to cover the movies they wrote but didn't direct. Can we also do that too? Yeah, sure. Like, for example, <clears throat> uh, the movie Gambit <laughs> is a movie okay. that they wrote and did not direct. Uh, I've always wanted to see this movie. Or the movie Unbroken. <laughs> <laughs> the Angelina Jolie <laughs> film. They wrote that movie, uh, strangely enough. The movie Bridge of Spies. 
for Spielberg. They wrote that. They wrote that movie. Yeah. Huh. These are these are obviously uh, films that they were either hired to do or they wrote, but they decided they they couldn't direct it. You know, they needed to give it to somebody else to direct. Um, de- definitely, definitely uh, interested in those uh, in those films. Also, uh, you know, G- the the Jesus rolls. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. If, I don't know if we'll end up actually watching this movie, but there is a movie directed by John Turturro that is all just based on his character from The Big Lebowski. Great. <laughs> the guy. Remember the character of yeah. Jesus. It is starring yeah, yeah, yeah. Turturro, Bobby Cannavale. Audrey Tattoo, Susan Sarandon, Pete Davidson, John Hamm, J.B. Smooth, Christopher Walken, Tim Blake Nelson. It's got like an all-star cast, and it came out in 2019. Yeah, I'm kind of intrigued. No one, I've never heard of this movie. Uh, Love it. Anyway. All anyway, that Jeremy, can be found on the Patreon. You can look forward to that coming up in the next, what, however long it's going to take us, three and a half years to cover all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, speaking of... A long time. Well, how do I get from long time to long yard? Oh, Hold that's on. Let good. me think this through. Speaking I'm trying of to long think of a segue. <laughs> yeah, speaking of long things, uh, how about that longest yard movie? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I saw it. That is to say, I seen it. 2005. This is a, uh, a remake, I believe. Mm hmm. Right? Yeah, from the Renaissance. 1974's The Longest Yard, which I think, from my understanding, was like a successful movie. Like, I think people liked that movie. It looks like it was a box office success. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's always interesting to me when they, uh, someone decides to remake a movie that was kind of already good. Mm -hmm. Cough, cough, Suspiria. (laughs) Cough, cough. (laughs) Sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, so this is, Jeremy, have you seen this uh, before uh, this viewing? No. So I worked at the, the movie theater between the years of uh, 2004 and 2006, and I saw everything that came through, and uh, I was working in, uh, I lived in Green Bay, and all of a sudden... There's all this commotion going on. It was like a Tuesday night or something, and I'm working and I'm sweeping the floors, and uh, there's all this commotion going on, and there's all these people shuffling into the longest yard. And Jeremy, it turned out it was none other than the 2005 Green Bay Packers. What? They were all like as a team going to see the movie The Longest Yard. What? <laughs> so when I was watching this movie, and I got to meet, I got to meet like Donald Driver and some of the other dudes uh, afterwards, which was cool. But uh, yeah, they, I could not stop thinking about when I was watching this movie. Like, I can't believe like the entire Green Bay Packers <laughs> as a whole, like collectively, sat through this movie. <laughs> wow! And I'm so curious to know if they like enjoyed it or I, I don't know, but. Uh, that's all that I can think of when I when I when I watch or hear about this movie. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's insane. So, that's I mean, hey man, hey man, get it. That's some great stuff. Team bonding, you know. Totally. I you bonded yeah. with your with your fellow theater workers that night in a similar way. 
Yeah, we all went to see uh, hmm, what's a movie with where people work at a movie theater. <laughs> you know, I had a really good idea for a for a pilot like a long time ago about uh, people that like work at a movie theater. Because I my when I worked at a movie theater, it was like the craziest experience of my life. Like there, uh-huh. it was just all like teenagers, and it was run by these like two insane older people and it's just all teenagers that work there so it's like just people are like it's just like non-stop like madness it was wow. crazy that's awesome yeah yeah like, i mean that's, were just, it sounds like, like a pilot i'm not like, gonna lie it, it kind of writes itself <laughs> yeah the projectionist we, we had a projectionist uh this, this was a guy who was like everyone that worked there was like 15 but the projectionist was like 25 and he, uh, everyone called him Mumbles because he, he would, uh, get drunk while he worked and mumble <laughs> and he, his drink of choice was like vodka and whatever the fruit punch was we had on tap. And he would like drink that all day. That was the projectionist. <laughs> yeah. How old was this guy? <laughs> He's like in his twenties or something. Oh, okay. All right. I, I was picturing like a decrepit, like. A hundred-year-old man. <laughs> nice guy. He took me to see George Carlin when I was like 15 or 16. You've seen George Carlin? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Did he talk about how, why do we have to drive on a parkway but park in a driveway? <laughs> <laughs> he. I was kind of disappointing, actually. He pretty much like verbatim told his jokes from his books. Ah. Uh. And you were Which I had pretty well. You had read that. Wow, you were a yeah. little comedy pervert when you were a little kid. I I was <laughs> yeah. not a. Uh, I I did not start really in getting into the history of comedy or comedians really until my twenties. Yeah. Well, look where we are now. I know. Both doing a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. About the bet. longest yard. Oh, uh, so Jeremy, the longest yard. It's from two thousand five. Uh, the year I graduated H school. Age school. Yeah, that's what nice. I call high school. Age school. <laughs> Class of 05. <laughs> Class of 05. Uh, this is, you know, one, another one of these. And I feel like this is going to be the case for a little while with these Sandler movies where there's just, like, not a lot of interesting stuff uh, to talk about production-wise. But the, it was filmed at a uh, the New Mexico State Penitentiary. Uh, the football game at the end of the movie was filmed uh, at... A the Murdoch Stadium in Torrance, California. Uh, blah 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 blah. See, you know when like the filming locations are the first thing that they talk about yeah. in the production part of Wikipedia. You're that, in a uh, bad way. <laughs> There's yeah. not. Yeah, we're not yield. Yeah, no, it's not going to come out that Sandler after accidentally chopped a guy's head off while making the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's dive into some of the weird uh, IMDb trivia. Let's see if there's anything. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I uh-huh. actually, oh, you're on the IMDb page. Read number two from the trivia. Okay. <laughs> uh, producer Albert S. Reddy says that his inspiration for the film came from a friend of him, his who was a promising football player. What? After Are, we on the same? Are we on the same trivia? What's happening? I don't know. Are you on the IMDb trivia? Yes, but you're on the 1974 one. <laughs> Great. Okay, hold Gotta on. Go to the, go to the 05 one. to change. 
I'll, I'll I was, read it. I'll read it. I was trying it. to figure out how that turns how it funny. Was funny. Yeah, I'll read it. Check this out. Michael Papa John, or Guard Papa John, was Sandler's stuntman in The Waterboy, making the hard hits as Bobby Boucher. In this movie, things came back full circle as Michael has his own stuntman. <laughs> wow. The guy's name is Michael Papa John. I just wanted to throw that out there. His literal is name he, he, is Michael Papa cr- John. Is he the guy with crazy eyes? Yeah, in he's the, yeah. in the water boy. No, he's he's a stuntman in the water boy. In this, he's one of the guards. Mm. Recognizable though, definitely, definitely. Uh... Oh, he's the guy that's always holding a box of pizza. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Papa, Papa John. John. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, Jeremy, this cast: uh, Adam Sandler, Chris Rock, Nelly, yeah. Burt Reynolds. Nelly. Yeah. Uh, Bob Sapp, David Patrick Kelly, Terry Crews, uh, Nicholas Turturro, Bill Goldberg, Steve Rebus, um, um, William Fink- uh, Tracy Morgan, Fincher, yeah, William, uh, yeah, Tracy Morgan, Edward Bunker, uh, as we know him as Mr. Blue from apparently Reservoir all Dogs. of D twelve is in this movie. I don't remember seeing D twelve. Are they really? <laughs> yeah, they play background cons. These guys don't know the name of my movie. Should have been the name of their hit song. <laughs> uh, uh, that's cool. Good for good for them. That 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 rocks. D twelve is great. They're like a they're like a unfortunately like a kind of a weird relic of the of like the mid aughts. And I think a handful of them are have since deceased. Yeah. But great. Um, yeah. But like to your point, I guess you're kind of bringing up that there's a big cast in this movie. You know when it, that song came up, Purple Pills came out like oh, yeah. when I was uh um I don't know I was like so young when that song came out I think. Yeah. And I like thought that it was about like Skittles. Oh yeah. <laughs> like blue and yellow purple pills. These blue Little and did I know. Purple pills. It's about uh Tylenol. Mhm. Yeah, it's about Robitussin DM. <laughs> <laughs> um Anyway, man. Oh, here's something in IMDb about the D12. So five of the six members of D12 made cameo appearances as, as convicts playing basketball. The missing six-member Eminem, who is referenced when Paul uh, is re- referred to as Slim Shady. Mm. Okay, so everyone but Eminem. Uh, right. D12 That's sort of D12's story, right? Is that like they'll do public appearances, but it'll be everyone but Eminem. You know what I mean? Like they'll... they'll uh, do an award show or they'll, you know, they will like do an interview somewhere and it'll be every one of them except for Eminem. <laughs> Cause I think Eminem at this point, I mean, he's obviously super duper famous and probably busy, I guess. <laughs> well, these other guys, yeah. unfortunately were not, um, he was yeah. probably rehearsing for the Super Bowl uh, 15 years later that he was going to be doing, mm-hmm. you know, yeah getting getting those moves down he was practicing for his super bowl appearance yeah some 20 years (laughs) later (laughs) uh stone cold steve austin is also in this movie i gotta say like uncomfortable stuff a little bit with the stone cold steve austin yeah i mean yeah well like dude (laughs) what it's happened in that scene this the movie decided in for one scene 
only it wanted to be a very serious drama <laughs> i think that that's maybe a scene that's like in the 1974 version and that maybe like just the i don't know man i don't even i kind of don't even want to talk about it too much but it's it's rough it's it's um, well actually let me tell you, i'm going to take that back there's a couple of scenes in this movie that i feel like out of nowhere they want to tackle like race and prison issues, and it's like, no, what are you doing? Yeah, that's not why Don't, people are watching. Yeah, do not do it. Like, uh, there's a scene. I mean, well, we're gonna have to spoil it because we're gonna talk about the plot. But Chris Rock straight up gets burned alive in his jail cell, and yeah. it's like, what are you thinking? <laughs> like, kids are gonna see this, you maniacs. <laughs> like. <laughs> Like it's, it's wild. Yeah, it's 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 pretty, uh, like not tone deaf in the sense that we use tone deaf on the internet a lot, but like it's like literally, like what tone does this movie have? <laughs> it's it's is it like, uh, you know what I might I think you're right about it probably was in the original, although I haven't seen the original, so I cannot confirm the lo- uh, 1974 Longest Yard. But I wouldn't be surprised if the 1974 y- Longest Yard film. Uh, it, it, despite it being somewhat of a comedy, did actually tackle some of this stuff with like a lot more grace and treated itself like more of like a drama slash comedy, you know, like, and that 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 just really like the Sandler crew just really had a tough time like ba- walking that tightrope, like, like Happy Madison shouldn't make a movie that has like the ser- that tackles serious social issues no it, it, they, so. they, they're just not equipped to like the comedy is so stupid in this like it goes from like the dumbest thing you've ever seen like like that scene where they have to like those two big guys have to apologize to each other it goes from that to like yeah the like you just mentioned the stone cold steve austin scene and it's just like oh my god <laughs> like what like that is so wildly different and i mean even like the scene where sandler has to prove himself with all the 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 black inmates it's like this belongs in a serious prison sports movie like this kind of vibe you know um anyways that was my feeling on uh on a, a lot of on a lot of the scenes in this it was just it would just yeah. be like comedy 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 then oh my god <laughs> like what am i watching like what is this scene um yeah yeah well, weirdly enough this is the second highest grossing sports comedy yeah. of all time and the first the water boy was it really yeah that's awesome good for good for them up, up to that point i don't know what it, i don't know what it is now what what that would be now but uh what do you think of a a sports comedy cuz i it. when i like yeah, I like them too. And I what I like about sports comedies, this movie's maybe like a little bit of an exception, is they're like pretty much always exactly what you think they're going to be. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they they just they're just a mood, you know? You're like Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm going to watch a sports comedy. Low-key great sports movie. Uh a uh, comedy sports movie that actually does have a lot of heart and a lot of like drama is the movie Goon with Sean William Scott as the hockey player. I like that movie. Yeah, that's a yeah. good movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah. 
but yeah, there's there's so many great examples of like, I mean, Bad News Bears is great, Mighty Ducks, Angels in the Outfield. Those some of those are kind of kids movies, I guess. But like, yeah, I mean, just like, I'm a big fan of the sports comedy genre. It almost always also you you kind of left this out leads to slapstick. <laughs> yeah, because it's like yeah. you know they're doing a very physical thing by playing sports, so you know someone's gonna get hit in the nuts. Oh yeah. You know, another sports comedy movie that I watched that, like, you ever see a movie in theaters that, like, has, hasn't stood the test of time and, like, people didn't really like it that much, but when you saw it in the movie theater, for some reason, like, that crowd was just loving it. They were hot for it? Yeah. Like, a horror movie where everyone's getting really into it or a comedy where people, people are just laughing hysterically. I had that experience with Blades of Glory. Oh, yeah. I went to see Blades of Glory with like a bunch of people in high school, and it was like the hardest I've ever laughed. And I, I, well, I like I've revisited that movie, and I'm like, man, there must have been like, I remember people in the room just going nuts uh-huh. for that movie, uh-huh. and it just must have just been that environment because is it not? It's very there's good? some funny stuff, but it's like not that funny. Yeah, I have never same thing seen with that movie. Uh, what's that movie? Red Eye is a. Uh, thriller uh oh red eye it? you mean the west thriller Cra- yeah the west craven, craven? yeah yeah red eye no one talks about red eye i like I, that when movie I, when i worked at the movie theater like they had they they would have me like stay in red eye like the first two weekends it was out and like <laughs> keep an eye on the crowd because people were like going crazy for red eye like it, it's so suspenseful and people are like screaming and throwing popcorn really like it's a like yeah dude it was nuts, and it, I, I thought like, yeah, I like that movie too. I saw it like a bunch of times uh, those two weekends. But that's a good movie. You never hear anyone talk about it. It's weird. Hey couple, go make sure the kids aren't throwing too much popcorn <laughs> in the red eye screening. Yeah, like what am I supposed to do? Yeah, I, mean, I didn't do anything. Yeah, you run it. up. Hey, I'll kick your ass if you throw any more popcorn. <laughs> Like six years old, working at the movie theater. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they should not have hired me that young. <laughs> well, the longest yard uh, starts with Paul Crew, a former NFL quarterback who was accused of shaving points, though it was never proven. Nevertheless, he was placed on federal probation for five years. One night, he gets drunk during a party and goes joyriding through San Diego. Uh, in the Bentley of his girlfriend, Lena, causing a police chase and the car to crash. His probation is revoked, and he is sentenced to three years in prison. Yeah, he starts out uh, dating um, uh, Courtney Cox, Mm -hmm. and it dawned on me, he got to date two of the three Friends girls from the Friends show. In different movies, because he's definitely been in a couple with Jennifer Aniston. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he should date the next Sandler. He should date Kudrow. Come full circle. I can see. You know, I think that'd be a good pairing. Also, Lisa Kudrow rocks. I'd, I'd wish she was in more stuff. Yeah, she's cool. Um, Yeah, what do you think? I, I, I kind of like when Sandler is playing a character that is just like, given up and it's just like a <laughs> reckless idiot yeah i yeah i mean <clears throat> the gag at the beginning of this movie though is just not like it's just feels kind of oh toothless or something there's like nothing 
to it. He's just drunk driving. And you don't really get... I don't know. I didn't need a ton of backstory. It's just like, no, I don't know. I, again, I, I don't want to be too hard on this movie. I don't want to be too down on it because I, I think it makes for a bad podcast. But I will say, <laughs> I don't, I just think, I just think the problem with this movie is that there, it's just not that funny. Like there's a lot of like, this isn't a funny scene. What Sandler does to Courtney Cox by locking her in the closet actually isn't that funny. Like, him being mean to her isn't that funny. She's actually not that bad. All she wants him to do is come downstairs for a party. Like it's not like, it's not like she. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't know. Like there's, there's, and this kind of carries on through the film. But you see it really early in this first opening scene that they're just like, it's almost like the film isn't quite sure what it is or wants to be right away. And right. Uh, that's kind of reflected in like Sandler's performance. He doesn't actually have that many jokes. The funniest thing in this scene is when he makes fun of the guy's ears. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's like the funniest part to me. Um, but yeah, and it kind of just starts. Oh, and, th- and they're kind of like, it's it's a weird thing, but they're kind of doing the OJ scene in this. Like big, uh, you know, news footage chase him uh, d- yeah. as a football player fleeing the cop. Like, And then they bring up OJ later. And there's like a weird thing about OJ in this, uh, in this movie. But they're not like they don't commit to it. But they, it kind of did. This beginning definitely. If a football player is fleeing from the police on on in a car and in a high high speed pursuit on television, it's hard to not think of OJ. I don't know <laughs> what else to tell you. <laughs> uh, using his influence and contacts, Texas Warden Rudolph Hazen. Uh, an avid football fan manages to have crew transferred into his uh, prison as he wishes to use him as a coach for his personal football team composed of uh, his prison guards to boost his reputation for future elections as state governor. Uh, Perfectly cast, by the way, James Cromwell. (laughs) Yeah. Perfectly cast. Yeah. He's, I, I'm a huge Cromwell fan. I don't know much about James Cromwell, but, I like him in this. Have you seen the movie Babe? Yes. He plays the farmer. Ah, okay. Yeah. I got to revisit Babe one of these awesome. these days. Such a good movie. Not kidding. It's so great. Uh, using a week in a hot box to coerce him, crew recommends that the guards, uh, led by head guard Captain Nauer, uh, play a tune-up game, a game between the guards and a team that they easily slaughter to boost morale. Hazen ta- tasks crew with forming a team composed of prison inmates, uh, believing that he will be unable to unite the unruly prisoners, thus not only achieving his goals, but also exerting his power over the inmates. I will say this. this is a, the, the premise of this, how, the, how we get here, didn't need to be this hard (laughs) like it could have just been hey i'm you're a you know hey we have the prison guards our football team and the prisoners have their own football team we play every year do you want to coach the prisoners (laughs) it could have just been like that simple um but there's this whole thing about how like they play other prison guards every year and they don't want to be embarrassed. And then now instead of coaching the guards, they somehow make crew coach the, the inmates, which is antithetical to what he wanted in the beginning. And it's, it's how they're going to lose. 
<laughs> later. Right. So it's like, why would you do that? <laughs> do you get the pro ball player to coach the guards and kick the inmates? I don't know. I'm just thinking. I'm thinking like a scumbag here, but I'm also kind of like this. This this pl- plot could have been a little more simple for comedy. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's a little convoluted. Um, Kirby friends caretaker who helps organize tryouts but finds a mostly inept roster due to Cruz's legacy. Uh, seeing the team forming attracts former college football star Nate Scarborough, who decides to help coach the team by gathering several intimidating inmates, uh, most of whom join in order to exact revenge against the abusive guards, bolstering his defense. I gotta say, there's like, there's a lot of scenes where like Sandler is trying to convince someone to play for the team, right? And they're like, nah. And then he's like, "You get to play against the guards." Yeah. And then they're and then they're in. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of the bit, right? Like I, yeah. I, I think it would have almost been funnier to just see like a super cut of that. Like that's right. like the like the joke, you know. Um, I also, so you get what they're doing, right? With like the I we didn't men- really mention this up top, but the movie The Longest Yard from 1974 is starring Burt Reynolds as Paul Crew. So mm. now Sandler mm. plays Paul Crew, and Reynolds is playing the coach. Ah. It makes a lot of sense. It's uh, exactly like like when remember Scorsese did this with Cape Fear, where he cast the original cast, but as like cops and and the judge or whatever in the in the case. But in this, like for all of like they introduce. Uh, Burt Reynolds in one scene and they don't build him up at all before that scene he comes literally out of nowhere and like literally just from out of nowhere behind them he like approaches them and sits down next to him doesn't do much convincing and is suddenly just the coach of the movie and then doesn't really do anything the whole movie like barely has any lines of dialogue or anything it was a a strange thing strange thing i don't know how did you feel about reynolds in this movie because i love yeah it's almost seems like they cut stuff from him or something because yeah you're right it does seem that he comes in and then it's like you kind of forget he's there yeah it's almost like contractually he was like you only got me for three days or something yeah and they had to like shoot around him or something like there's just nothing burt reynolds there and you know, I I don't know. I I I think Burt Reynolds is great. I would have loved to see him more in this movie, um, because he could have done more stuff. I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, caretaker implores crew to seek out assistance from the black inmates to gain some much-needed offensive strength and speed. Crew challenges their leader, Deacon Moss, to a one-on-one basketball game, but refuses to call any fouls on Deacon, despite them being blatant. Uh, Deacon wins and refuses to offer help, but Earl Meggett is impressed by Crew's resilience and joins as his running back. Earl, I believe, is uh, Nellie's character. Nellie. Right? Earl Meggett is Nellie. Yeah, he's super fast, is his, his, his bit. He's not super big, but he's, like, incredibly fast. Nellie, also, great. I thought I actually did really good in this movie. Like, I think Nelly could have like had an acting career if he wanted, probably. Yeah, he's not bad. Yeah, I I found him charming, and he kind of saves a scene that's gonna come later 
immediately after this and like not saves it because it's a bad scene it shouldn't be in the movie it is way too heavy it doesn't it doesn't make sense for the tone of the film it also they can't like they're they're writing a check they just they their butt can't cash with this scene but nelly's performance in the scene it was like i kept holding on to it you know like huh Mm. He's not doing a bad job. Like uh, uh, this scene shouldn't be here, but he, I don't. I thought Nelly did a good job in the scene. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that one way or the other? Uh, which scene are we talking about? The next scene, the the terrible one, the the ethnic slurs. Oh yeah, scene. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That like Nelly's good in it, right? Like he's yeah, not, yeah, yeah he, he yeah he like he like I love the way he moves in the scene i think the what he the way he performs that scene is very good you know yeah he's got some chops yeah got some acting chops for yeah. sure uh as the team gains all right i already did that. yeah as the team gains strength uh hazen and the guards hinder crew's team in several ways such as taunting maggot into attacking a guard by verbally harassing him at the library with ethnic slurs maggot uh however does not retaliate Deacon and the other black inmates witness this and decide to join Crew's team to exact revenge. Meanwhile, inmate Unger spies on the activities of the inmates for the guards and is implored uh, to use his talents to weaken their strength. Uh, Unger rigs an incendiary explosive into the radio in Crew's cell, which Caretaker accidentally sets off and is sealed within Crew's cell by Unger. Preventing anyone from rescuing him. Yeah, this is like so out of left field, dude. <laughs> like, no pun intended. Right? Where this is another. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a whole other movie. Like what what is happening? Yeah, here? this reminded me of an episode of Breaking Bad. It was like <laughs> yeah. horrible. And Unger, by the way, is my my one of my favorite characters from Twin Peaks. It's the freaking uh, Jerry. <laughs> Wait, who is? Isn't Unger played by Jerry from Twin Peaks? The same Hold on a second, guy? Yeah. yeah. Unger. David Patrick Kelly. Twin Peaks. Yeah, he's... he's oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. He plays Jerry. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, he plays Jerry Horn. Um, yeah, he's, he's uh, one of my favorite dudes. Guy straight up just murders Chris Rock in his jail cell in a particularly gruesome way. Yeah, it's not good. It's horrible. And this must have happened in the, again, kind of like I think our the- our, our recurring theory on this episode is having not watched the original Longest Yard, a lot of this stuff must have been a holdover from that story, which also doesn't make that movie look very fun. <laughs> but, you know, one of my favorite... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. You, you go. I this this just came to mind and I don't want to uh, forget about it. One of my favorite um, uh, like food or drink moments in a movie that I've mm-hmm. seen in a while is when uh, Chris Rock and Sandler. Chris Rock gets Sandler like some some uh, vodka and puts yeah. it in his toilet. I forget what kind it is, but he uh, puts yeah, yeah. vodka in the toilet and they enjoy some toilet vodka. Uh-huh. And I, for some reason, like the rest of the movie, I was like, I kind of want to like just drink a big glass of vodka <laughs> like that now. And I don't even like drinking vodka like straight up or anything. But for some reason, like the that scene and like the setting of it, Dude. I was like, man, these guys, they're in prison. 
They get to knock Enjoy off a couple vodka. of glasses of vodka. Dude, I toilet. vodka to me will always like anytime it it hits my lips, it'll always remind me of being in high school and those early years of college. I feel like that was the liquor mm-hmm. that was always around at parties. And just that taste, that weird vodka taste, man, like it, it, it'll always bring me back to like a early 20s vibe. Um, vodka's a weird one, right? It's a weird liquor because I feel like most people when they get like of a certain age, like drink whiskey. Like like most of my friends, everyone I know pretty much yeah, drinks whiskey. It's not like a sipping. I don't think it's like a sipping thing either. Yeah. But, so uh, I, think, I think nice yeah. vodkas are like sipping vodkas. You know, mm. you could sip on them, but not the one kind of vodka we buy. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, uh, the first time I, I was trying to think, I, I believe it was gin the first time I like drank a, drank a bunch of alcohol when I was a teenager Perfect. Didn't know what I was doing, and my friend, like, you know, it's just like whatever you and your friends could get your hands on, and uh, we didn't know, we didn't want to like just drink it because it was, it, it, you know, it was gross like to shit. drink straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so we mixed it with uh, Propel. Oh, that's cool, Propel, man. <laughs> yeah. That's also a relic of of the, like the mid two thousands. Yeah, Propel, dude. I we had, I drank so much Propel in my life. Is that yeah. even? I don't even think that's a drink you can buy anymore. I don't know, man. It's like one of those drinks where I think people like when you're a kid, you think it's like healthy. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. But it's like, just it's just like a Powerade. Gatorade. You're like yeah, yeah. You're like yeah. You don't realize it has like 64 grams of sugar in a bottle. Oh, dude, yeah. Like I got to the point like with Gatorade, especially too. I would buy a Gatorade and like if I didn't mix it with water, it just tastes like syrup. It was just like how how did I chug this as a young athlete, a young spry hot athlete? <laughs> yeah, a young jacked athlete. Yeah, <laughs> young jacked athlete. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, on game day, the inmates are revitalized in the wake of caretaker's murder when they find he used his connections to his cousin at Reebok to supply the inmates with quality uniforms and gear as well as give them the team name Mean Machine. Uh, crew deals with some difficulty giving the inmates the focus on winning the game during opening play. Uh, stating that a loss to them would be a far bigger mark to, of shame to the guards than any physical brutality they could inflict on them. Uh, though the guards take an early lead, though the guards take an early lead, even having the referees call bogus fouls on them, which crew quickly amends by firing the football into the referee's crotch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> by the end of the first half, the mean machines tie the game. Uh, Hazen corners crew during halftime during which he reveals that Unger killed caretaker and threatens to increase his prison sentence and pin caretaker's death on him if he doesn't uh, allow the guards a two touchdown lead I feel like I feel like there's a bunch of movies where Adam Sandler dramatically says I can't do that yeah 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 for sure yeah 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 Love it. Like he's ta- he in that scene he like taps into a tone that I've seen him do like a bunch of times. It's like the before, moment of clarity or something. Yeah. Yeah. He's good at it though. I like it. Right. Um reluctantly crew agrees. Uh Hazen then orders Nauer to inflict as much damage as possible on the inmates once they get the lead. During the opening of the second half, crew deliberately throws the game and abandons his teammates despite their efforts to catch up in scoring. 
After earning a two-touchdown lead on the Mean Machines, the guards begin to brutally injure the inmates, spurring crew to re-enter the field. Uh, the inmates initially refused to help him, allowing him to be sacked twice, but on the fourth and uh, down and long, crew competes completes a first down on his own. Crew calls a timeout and admits he was point-shaving in both the, this game and the one that got him cut from the NFL. Uh, informing the team of Hazen's threats, he declares that he would rather stay with, it, with the inmates than throw another game and disgrace caretaker's memory. The Mean Machines rally behind Crew once more with a de- this, this decisive two-point conversion, and they win the game by a one-point margin. Yeah, baby. Yeah, stick it to them. Stick it. Dude, I would love to go to a, a, a football game where it's <laughs> the prisoners versus the guards. I yeah. wish that was a real thing. Dude, it's such a... So that's the thing about the longest yard, right? Like, in general, it's like a good... It's like a good premise. Good, yeah, yeah. You for know? Sure. Yeah. Like Death Race. Death Race was Death a Race is also a great premise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh now we're having a newfound respect for Crew congratulates him for the win and informs Crew that he is aware that he had nothing to do with Caretaker's murder and would defend him. Hayes admonishes Nower for losing a fixed game and notices that Crew is heading toward the exit. This is great. I love this scene. This is actually like pretty suspenseful mm-hmm. when he's walking towards the football. Uh, eagerly implying Crew is trying to escape, Hazen orders that Crew be shot. Nauer hesitates and at the last moment realizes and scornfully informs Hazen that Crew is only picking up the game football. Crew returns it to Hazen, telling him to stick it in his trophy case. Uh, Deacon and Battle then dump Gatorade on Hazen while Crew and Scarborough uh, go to Go to get information on where Unger is so uh, Switowski can deal with him. Yes. Yeah. Which we assume means they're going to kill that guy? (laughs) (laughs) I guess, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Pretty nuts, man. Pretty, pretty, pretty weird. This is, I, I will say that, like, yeah. I'm eager to hear your thoughts. This is a weird Adam Sandler movie. I don't think that this is like a, a bad premise for a movie. I think it's a good premise. And I don't necessarily even think that remaking it was a bad move. I just, my take is that this wasn't a good Happy Madison joint. Like a, a good premise for them to take. It is weird for a Happy, yeah, Happy Madison. It's... Yeah. I don't know. Like either, like I, I feel like there there could be a more I could see a more dramatic version of this that's still you know kind of funny. Yes, but I too. would almost prefer that to like this because it just doesn't feel like it. You're right. It just doesn't feel like it fits with the Happy Madison vibe. Totally. But uh, yeah, I you know this is uh, I, I don't really like this movie that much to be <laughs> honest with you. Yeah, I no, do. I do like a sports comedy. I like a and I in general I like a football movie. I think. Oh I yeah. I don't watch a lot of them, but I do like them. Um, I don't know, man. I, I it's 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 so it's it's so weird to watch a movie like this where it's also like part of the draw was to get people to the theater just to see like all these different 
you know, people of the time like Nelly and right. D, you know, D12 and all these people <laughs> like, and to see Burt Reynolds like reprise, you know, come, come and do the, the, the remake or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's like stood the test of time very well. I uh, I don't think it's uh, I think it like doesn't re- necessarily know what it is, or maybe it does, but it's the the balance isn't quite there with the drama and the comedy. And I I, I wish they'd pick a lane. I wish they'd pick a lane. Um, but I would probably give this movie. Let's see, I gave going overboard a one out of four. <laughs> a little better than that. <laughs> Uh, I gave Fifty First Dates a two out of four. I do think this is worse than Fifty First Dates. I'm gonna give this a yeah. one point seven five out of four. I think this is way worse than Fifty First Dates, but I think I actually like Fifty First Dates. Uh, I gave it a two point five. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm. What'd you give it? At one point, what? One point seven five. Although nice. now that I think about it, one point five. I'm giving it a one point two five. Which is my bulletproof score. Remember that movie? <laughs> I've been trying to forget. Yeah, bulletproof. I like this movie about as much as bulletproof, and I think it actually shares a lot of the same issues, which is like tonally doesn't know what it is, and it's trying to be a comedy, like a slapsticky, crazy comedy, but it's a little too dramatic for that. And I also think, like, kind of like I said, it's trying to tackle issues that. Like they're just not gonna get be able to get right or get the nuances of right, you know? Like because it's a very broad Adam Sandler comedy. Like they should have <laughs> they should've just made it they should have made it stupider. Like and you know what's crazy, dude? They made the water boy. The dumbest football movie ever made. Like they already made it. So it was like they already knew how to do it. <laughs> Yeah. They already knew like like where's all the where's like uh, the other Sandler guys, you know? Like where's uh Alan Covert and the guy that's like and like all the <laughs> movies. Like where's all them, you know? Like that could have been that could have been way more interesting or something like a rag tag group of dorks, you know. Anyway, um enough pitching on what it could have been, what it is is a little too serious at times for its own good. It um, is uh, a little tonally strange. And when it is in full comedy mode, when it is being at its funniest, it never quite gets to, uh, I think, even a 51st States level of comedy. Um, It kind of hovers around, you know, like the quips are not that good. Like at one point, like they find out that, Chris Rock, like there's a there's a there's like a database that the cops all or I'm sorry that the prison guards all have that ranks like how dangerous inmates are, and everybody like we were seeing in this scene Chris Rock clearly they're like he's like look me up look me up I bet I got like five stars like the most and he just has half a star, and the joke is that he wants to be taken seriously or they're seen as like threatening or you know whatever and that he's really just like a nice guy and like and so sandler has this opportunity to just riff amazing jokes but instead he says stuff like maybe later we'll get into a pillow fight and i'm like 
That sucked. Like, they needed Judd yeah. Apatow. I've never said this sentence before in my life. They needed Judd Apatow in that moment to go be in that scene and, and be shouting jokes off camera. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. that that was an easy that was a that was an easy pitch for like a joke machine. Like you could have just fired off ten impromptu riffs. And it was like what they actually ended up saying is like it made it not funny. I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, I guess pillow fight. Yeah. Oh, you're about as uh, you're about as uh, violent as a as a, a litter of kittens. And I was like, what? That's that stinks. That's not even. Yeah. You know. Anyway, so one point two five for me gets the bulletproof score. Eric, what do we got on the horizon? Oh well, you know we do have Blood Simple. We got that Coen Brothers. Uh, that we shit do. Is coming out. But we what about uh, what about on the main feed though? We're gonna be well. We uh, we're switching gears back to Scorsese. We j- w- the last Scorsese we did, I believe, was uh, Casino. Casino, and uh, we will now be discussing Kundun. Which uh, thank you very much, Brian. I believe Brian brought to my attention that this is a movie that might be difficult to find. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, Hold on, let me look no. into oh, this. Oh, I real think quick. you're right. I think I I was hearing some chatter online about him, but it's it's Disney, right? Is that am I? Am Let's I, see. This is crazy. Is it Disney? I guess you can get it on Google Play. Definitely not. Definitely, when you look it up, it's not str- it's not streaming. It's not streaming anywhere. Yeah. Huh. It always trips me out when you can't rent a movie on Amazon. <laughs> like, what? What happened? Why can't? Yeah, that's crazy. Sometimes there's like the country thing, but it, does this even? We'll figure it out. Interesting. Um, yeah, we will figure out how to watch Kundun, and we hope all of you listeners out there can too, or at least have a pretty good memory of Kundun from your when you saw it in '97. Hey, uh, you know what? We Inland Empire, not an easy. Well. We thought it wasn't an easy movie to find. And then we, we found out it was just on YouTube. Like, I, I bet you, let's just see. Free. I'm just going to do a quick YouTube search to see if Kundun film <laughs> is on. Dude, I think I might have found one. it literally is on YouTube. All right. Quality sucks, but. The quality ain't good. Oh, it's real bad. <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah, it's a Scorsese movie. You know, it doesn't. You don't have to watch it in high def or anything. No, 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 no. His that's why because he suck. he films them so good that they can <laughs> yeah. look good in right. on uh you know two hundred forty p YouTube video. Uh, um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, are we watching My Voyage to Italy? What is what is that? It is a four hour long documentary he made in nineteen ninety nine. After Coon Dude. (laughs) You know what's crazy is we haven't considered, uh, I haven't even considered these documentaries, but I think we do have to cover some of these. I I think we have to cover some of them. I just don't know which ones are the most appropriate. Like, I definitely think we should cover the, like, Shine a Light. Yeah, I I do remember, like, as much as I'd like to do... No Direction Home. I believe that was like a four-hour, like, yeah, 208 minutes. That's not even... No Direction Home is not even... Not uh, oh, 
yeah, it's like I I want to cover No Direction Home too. It that's a part of something called American Masters. Ah, so it's not. It's technically a TV documentary. Looks like interesting. Yeah. Um, I guess that's weird. I do. I am. I am definitely interested in covering some of these. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll do my voyage to Italy. We'll 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 cross that bridge when we get to it. Uh, but uh, yeah, if any of the listeners have any input, if you if you're dying to see any of these, we'll recommend. Because I mean, I don't know. I still think that um the Stephen Prince American Boy one is like still one of my favorite Scorsese things we watched. And and half of like what made me excited about doing Scorsese was seeing all the ones I haven't seen, which includes like the George Harrison documentary he made. You know, like, oh, that's yeah. that's something I really really want to watch. And um uh yeah or the rolling thunder review man that's a criterion documentary i I own that on blu-ray dang dang well we will uh we'll discuss kundu next uh and uh sign up for that patreon patreon.com slash eric and jeremy it's a great time over there i I don't know if you mentioned this up top too but we have like two or three years worth of bonus content you can go back and get immediate access to and you can sign up for a t- tier to force us to do an episode on any movie you want. Uh, so find that on the Patreon. And uh, Norma, I'll see you in my dreams. Mm-hmm.